大家晚上好，这里是正在为您演讲的三台新闻。Welcome to Merrick's Experts, a podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. Hello and welcome. I'm Ruth Kirchner. My guest today is Professor Yuan Ying Chan, founding director of the Journalism and Media Studies Center at Hong Kong University, an award-winning journalist and experienced educator. Professor Chun, news from China regarding issues of press freedom are somewhat depressing these days. The Communist Party has further squeezed spaces for free expression. It's a hard time to be a journalist in China, isn't it? Yes, it's a hard time because of the relentless crackdown, because of、uh, government policy to impose greater control on the media, on civil society. But on the other hand. We still see Chinese journalists trying to push the envelope and trying to do good stories as much as they can. But、uh, where are these、uh, free spaces today for Chinese journalists?、Uh, because we have seen very recently how Xi Jinping,、uh, the president and party chairman, has tried to exert more control over the media. So where are free spaces for Chinese journalists? I think a lot of the free space is on the internet. It's not entirely free. The internet is also very much controlled. You have the Great Firewall, where most social media from the West are barred. You also have a very strong filtering system inside China. You have、uh, technical censorship and also the people, the censors, sitting. At the service to delete articles, but even given that, because the internet is so、uh, powerful, you have six hundred fifty million internet users. You also have cell phones, more than a billion cell phone users, and so social media is very developed, very robust in China, and that created space for people to express themselves. And you play guerrilla war with the officials. You get banned in one place. You distribute it on another platform. So that's life. So, so it's a type of journalism that does not use traditional media anymore at all. Traditional media still play a role, although it's in fast decline for all kinds of reasons. Well, partly is because of technology. The reason for decline of traditional media is similar. To what happens outside China, but the decline has been very fast in the last couple of years.、Uh, number one, because the government is withdrawing control from traditional media, seeing that it's not as effective in the, its propaganda or control purposes. The government is investing in digital media. And you also have the huge internet companies like Alibaba, like Tencent, who are developing media quote products, and that offers a platform and tools for people to express themselves. But when you talk about these、uh, conglomerates,、um, how much space is there in these conglomerates for what I would maybe call proper journalism? It must be more than simply content that they put out. Well, it does. Although there are challenges and limitations, 
because these media inside these internet companies are also under heavy censorship. They under clear instruction that they cannot publish certain uh, stories. They cannot e- use certain headlines. There are details instructions as to whether certain stories should uh, be placed on the web page, and so they have under very clear instructions. But then, given that, you also have platforms where people can uh, uh, communicate. For instance, you have WeChat, which is a very robust content delivery system that um, journalists, citizens can post their content. WeChat itself is also under heavy censorship, but it's a cat and mouse game. I'm not entirely naive, but that's the reality in China. So as China watchers, should we focus more on those spaces rather than on the sort of traditional media when assessing media freedom in China? Well, I think absolutely. We need to pay more attention to digital media, to the study of that, and also understand the ecosystem, understand the dynamics. We also need to understand the business models of these digital media that are coming out every day. You have startups cultures become more vibrant inside China. People want to understand what works, how they can reach the market, and how to support themselves. I think that's also very important because the more successful you are as a business, they, you can be more independent. The more successful you are as a business, that also means within the Chinese context that you probably have to sort of play it safe, don't you? And uh, isn't that a sort of contradiction to what you as a journalist would be looking for, which is more like sort of the watchdog journalism investigative reporting? As a journalist in China, you need to be very smart. You manage risk. We have journalists who push the envelope, who do their the best to get the story out. Like you have a breaking story, like last year with the explosion in Tianjin. So reporters would race over there and uh, report on what's happening as much as possible and also go after the culprit as much as possible. It's not easy, it's, it's challenging. People are also working very hard to go after the so-called tigers. It's very hard to go after live tigers, the corrupt officials who has not been arrested. But then people also work on the, the dead tigers. Once the government announced a certain arrest, the media would go after them and go beyond what's reported by official media. But uh, as soon as it comes to living tigers, it's a completely different picture, isn't it? I mean, we've seen with the recent publication of the Panama Papers that the party, the censorship apparatus, went out of its way to stop any kind of reports about those offshore accounts of uh, powerful people in China um, reaching the Chinese audiences. That's true. The members of the Politburo are untouchables for the media. That is the line you will not cross. Now, but then we also see that the official media actually has produced their stories 
I think they're trying to be smarter in their propaganda. They are trying to spin the story and say, "Hey, is President Xi Jinping's relative? It's not him." And what's produced in the Panama Papers shows that there's no evidence that connect President Xi directly to any wrongdoing. So they are trying to spin it their way. We're trying to figure out what's going on because in the past they would just turn a blind eye and pretend that such allegations does not exist, that such documents does not exist. But this time, they are trying to spin. So it's a very complex picture. It also probably shows that you not only have to spin, but you also have to produce media reports that are appealing to your audiences. Because most media organizations in China, they have to compete for the market. Now, is it fair to say then that uh, that in itself is creating more space for good journalism? Well, the market plays a role, definitely. So. The media would compete to produce good packages, because within the limits, there's still many, many stories you can tell. For instance, the stories of、uh, children who were left behind in the villages, environmental issues, the issue of aging. I mean, China is such a big country. There's so many social issues. So there are stories for good reporters. Another example is about documentary、uh, filmmaking. Documentary is a form of storytelling, and while the major documentary film festivals have been shut down, you still have documentary filmmakers who go to the villages and do the story, and、uh, and that's very exciting. This is Merrick's experts. With me is Professor Yuaning Chen of Hong Kong University. We are discussing news media and journalism in China. Professor Chen, you taught journalism in Guangdong for many years at a school for journalism that you founded, and you are, of course, still teaching in Hong Kong. Now, given the difficult environment for journalism in mainland China, what motivates young Chinese to choose that career path? Well, students are、um, idealistic; they are passionate, and so they want to become a reporter. And this generation is also very informed. I think much more informed than before, because of the internet. They are very savvy with technology. They can pick it up quickly, and they know how to get over the Great Firewall and get information. But the recent developments in China is also a little bit depressing. I heard that、uh, some applications to journalism schools may have dropped. Because the outlook for jobs is not that promising, and because the whole industry is being disrupted, traditional media is not doing well. Top journalists have fled from traditional media; they go into digital media, and they are also creating their own startups. So it's challenging for young people to fit. If a young Chinese student. Asked you these days, should I go into journalism in China? Given all the constraints、uh, that he or she might face, what would you tell them? 
Well, I think for young people, you don't have to tell them, and they don't won't listen to you. They make up their own mind. What I will tell them is that if you want to go into journalism, then this is a business. It's you won't become very rich, but it's very satisfying. It's not、uh, an easy life, but it's worthwhile because you're doing something that's、uh, good, doing something for society. But still, if you do want to work as a journalist、um, in mainland China, with all the constraints, the censorship, the, the party control, where do you think、uh, it is going? I mean, maybe a year from now or five years from now, where would you see Chinese journalism heading? One year from now, I think President Xi will still have a strong hand. I don't see major changes in one year time, but in five years. I think we can be a little more optimistic, because China, like other societies, need good information. Good information serves everybody. You need an informed society to operate. So you think that the current crackdown on public spaces for expression, the current、uh, censorship tightening that we have seen in China, that is not going to last? Depends on what time frame you're talking about. Five is quite a long time for China, a country that、uh, is changing so quickly. Another factor is we live in a globalized world. No longer China can shut its door and keep its people under wraps. You can't. People travel. People can change jobs. So in the scale of things, there are more freedom. Depending on the time frame we're talking about. And so times change. I don't think the government can impose this kind of very draconian control forever. And that's where we leave it for now. Thanks a lot, Professor Chan, for joining us here at Merix. That was Professor Yuan Ying Chan of Hong Kong University, founding director of the university's Journalism and Media Studies Center. I'm Ruth Kirchner. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. You have been listening to Merix Experts, a podcast from the Mercator Institute for China Studies in Berlin. Merix is one of the largest international think tanks for independent, policy-oriented research on contemporary China.